welcome to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, we grow in relationships, and we grow in Jesus Christ. This segment will be studying the book of Acts, where our risen Christ is made manifest in the early church. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single Sunday. It's on. Thought Naylee was coming to see me. Oh, here we are in Acts 8. Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> and we will be reading. Uh, just, I'm going to read the whole chapter, so just bear with me on it. Acts chapter 8, we'll be beginning in verse 1. And uh, uh, verse 1 begins with uh, a continuation of uh, uh, what was happening last week with uh, the uh, martyr of Stephen. And uh, leads us into that, and and is base is the basis for the rest of of what is happening uh, in within the the church, basically in Jerusalem. Uh, so, chapter eight, verse one. If you want to stand, please, as we read God's word. <clears throat> and Saul was consenting unto his death, his being Stephen's. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. <clears throat> Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people of one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many uh, taken with palsies, and that were lame were, were healed. And uh, there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time... In the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving uh, out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with their sorceries. Um, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wandered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come, come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet uh, he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw the, that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, 
Give me also this power that on whomever, whomsoever I lay uh, hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God uh, may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb done before his shears. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks for your word. And God, we just pray that as we uh, go over this uh, uh, chapter this morning, God, that um, we would just uh, see you in it, see you at work in it, and, and God, see... Um, just where the truth lies and God that we uh, understand that only by you will we be able to receive the truth God we pray these things in Jesus' name amen so we begin after the martyr of Stephen last week uh, with the fact that uh, Saul who as most of you know later will be known to all of us as Paul, uh, the same one that becomes such a great uh, evangelist, uh, is consenting, it says, unto his death, unto Stephen's death. He was there, approving, leading, probably over it. Uh, and at this point in time, I'd say with the taste of blood in their mouth, the persecution began to become 
severe in Jerusalem, so severe that the church dispersed, basically. The persecution was so heavy, they dispersed to escape it. And, and it, it, for, for whatever reason, the, the apostles were able to remain in Jerusalem. And, uh, and so for, for, for their, their, uh, the other people's sakes, they left to escape the persecution. The apostles seemed, that, or seemed to think that their job still wasn't done there. So, so there they stayed. And uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the devout men uh, taking Stephen to his burial. Uh, but as we see in the next verse, verse 3, it says, As for Saul, he made havoc on the church, entering into every house and hailing them, hailing men and women, commended them to prison. Therefore they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. Therefore, they... They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now, you know, we're starting to see the prophecy of what, or the command of what Christ gave them being fulfilled. And it's being fulfilled by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, Jerusalem, Samaria, we see the word uh, going out. And, and you know, I, I want to take note uh, of what's going on here. Where were people, as, as, as they were scattered, where were people getting the word of God from? Where were they getting it from? Were they going to a church on a Sunday morning and hearing the word of God? No, they were not. And, and, and it brings me to, to this very uh, point that, that we have mistakenly bought into this lie that our jobs as Christians is to invite people to church. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with inviting people to church. I mean, it's, it's certainly not a bad thing, but, but the Christian people, the believer, is called to be an evangelist. Not an inviter to church. We are called to preach and teach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ as we go. You do not see people coming to Christ by hearing the word of God preached in the church. And I'm not saying it didn't, that it never happened then. Certainly it did. But it's not the means and the ways in which Christ has set forth for people to come to the faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is through us as evangelists as we go. This building right here where we gather is primarily for me and you. And it's to prepare us to go. To go. I remember as a young Christian and probably even into my 20s or so believing that that was the preacher, the pastor's job. I mean, it wasn't biblical, 
But I guess it was what I was taught through what I had seen. I mean, nobody come right out and told me that that's the way it was. That just seemed to be the general idea that I got that we invite them to church or we take them to go see the preacher. Folks, I, maybe I should say this. We're actually not called to bring people to Christ because we don't do that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We are called to preach, to proclaim Jesus Christ. That's all. That's all, and it's simple. There's not one person in here that knows Christ as their Savior that can't do that. Jesus saves. Hey, my, one of the greatest, I, I'm a big fan of Romans Road. I think it's a great way of Scripture to lead somebody to who Christ really is and who we really are. Um, but I'm not saying you should use that. There's other means too, but, but, but there's simple means that, 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 that Jaden can use. He is mature enough as a Christian to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. God didn't save him for nothing. He saved him for something. And, and I know Jaden is being taught this. And I'm thankful for that. I wasn't necessarily taught in that same means. And I'm not, I don't want to be too critical of my church or my family. My dad is one of the most devout <clears throat> Christians I know. Loves the Lord. Loves the Lord. You see it in his life. But somehow, within that upbringing, I missed what it was that I was called to do as a believer. And, and, and you know, here's the bottom line is eventually, as a believer, that falls on me. Right? I mean, because who's responsible for me? Me. I mean, there was a point in my uh, time, and I, I praise God for bringing me to the light of it, that, 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 that I realized that I, I was lacking. And, and, and that I was called to do so much more than to say, yeah, I believe in God. Um, why don't you come to church Sunday and hear about it? I mean, the rubber's not exactly meeting the road right there. Invite them to church. What if they never come to church? So it falls on us, Christian. It falls on us outside of here to engage in evangelism. Hey, listen, I know. I know we're all not built the same and we're not all built to do it the same way, but there's ways in, when you, in which you can do that. And we don't have time to preach on that right now. But the Bible is clear. You were saved for a purpose and you were gifted with the Holy Spirit. You have the means. I have the means. <clears throat> we see here a specific example after this. It says they. 
But then it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Uh, and the people were of one accord, gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Um, there was probably a, a pretty good hint of, of Christ in Samaria already. I don't know, uh, yeah, the, probably one of the big, greatest examples, and she was very loud about it, was, was when Christ met the woman at the well. And she was Samaritan. Of course, you, now, Samaritans were considered a half-breed, right? You know, when, when, when the exile happened, the poor people, the poor Jews were left there. And, and, and basically, uh, the, the king of Babylon allowed uh, the Gentiles to come in. And they intermarried. And they became known as as half-breeds to a true Jew, to a, to a bloodline Jew. They were considered low. They called them dogs. They felt like they were less than them. They weren't really God's children once they became a half-breed because, again, Jews, Jews, remember, the true Israelite was, was extremely, extremely dedicated to their heritage. That's what made them God's people in their eyes was their bloodline. And they missed the bloodline of Christ. That was part of their problem. But, but, but what we start seeing here is, is Jewish Christians who are taking the word to Samaria and the word is well received. And many were saved. And, and, and again, I, I would say uh, this follows uh, prophecy that, that, uh, that people come to know Jesus Christ in Samaria, I said prophecy, but I don't mean prophecy. It, it is prophecy also, but, but that, that, that they're following the command of Christ. And we see how the Holy Spirit is also working in that command uh, because um, Philip went down because of the dispersion to Samaria uh, and, and, and performed great miracles there as he was there. And... and, and uh, it says there was great joy in the city. Uh, and, and if we kind of skip ahead to the end of the chapter, we see with one Ethiopian that gets saved that he goes away with great joy. And I think this is another thing that we need to grab a hold of as a Christian and especially as we evangelize is that with great joy, we should be telling people about Jesus Christ. Who... Who should be more joyful than a Christian, than a believer? You know what I mean? Honestly, I know we don't always feel good and all those things, but, but we don't need to be walking around with a countenance that looks bad. We should be bright and shining for the glory of Christ. And we should do these things with great joy. We have received the greatest gift ever known to man that we so desperately need and so do not deserve. And as Peter, as, as Philip went and, and performed these great miracles, there was great joy, we run into this character, Simon. And oddly enough, it seems that um, that they had given him heed also. And 
And it, it, it brings us to uh, another point that, that, that at the time he practiced sorcery. And it says he bewitched them. You know, to know completely for sure in what sort of way, uh, as an astrologer or what he did exactly, did he do uh, magic tricks? I don't know. You know, I'm telling you, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I love watching magicians. I mean, I know it's fake. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not fake, but I know it's a sleight of hand or the eye. Hey, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty cool stuff, you know. Uh, and, and it's and it's it, 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 it's just kind of amazing to wonder how they do that. Their secrets and 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 you know most magicians out there that we see today, they know you know that they're deceiving you. You know, I mean, in other words, they're they're not set out to deceive you. I, I don't think their most prominent idea is to deceive you. It's to entertain you. Uh, and, and of course, they do make money off of it, and I, and so you know, in the, you know, I, I don't have an issue with that type of magician. That's a showman. Uh, I, I can appreciate showmanship, and I find it amazing. But I don't see it as anything at all to follow. But these were, these were very superstitious people, and they followed him, and they called him the great power, the great power of God. Some called him, and. Uh, uh, so, so this Simon, we continue to see that at some point when, when the apostles came uh, to do the laying on of hands for the accepting, uh, for the entering of the Holy Spirit, and to touch on that, um, there's different thoughts surrounding that. But there's no reason to believe that it did not happen just the way this is. My thoughts are simply this, that as Philip, which Philip was one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, deacons called out to supply the needs of the Hellenistic Jewish. Basically, they called them table waiters. So that the others, the apostles, could, could continue in the study of the Word of God. We went through uh, that a couple of weeks ago. Vance did on that sermon. Uh, so, so, Steve... Uh, Philip and Stephen both were, were two that were called out of those seven. Uh, and, and, and we see as they progress in their faith, I mean, it, it proves that they were the type of people that the apostle called for. Hey, find this men that are godly and of a good report to do these things. We don't want, and that takes us to another thing, we don't want just anybody serving within the church. They need to be godly, sound. But at any rate, Philip was one of them. And uh, and and he had a he, he had a, a, a great spirit about him. He was he was a, 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 a prepared witness. And that's another thing that 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 as I said before, the Romans wrote that but but I would also uh, I, I want to look at 1 Peter 3.15 because I think that that this, this touches on it well. Um, 1 Peter uh, 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts 
and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Philip was that prepared witness that we all need to be. And as he went to witness, there, there, there is this Simon that believed also and was baptized. And that's, uh, this group and this Simon is what brought about the apostles coming down for the laying on of hands, for the accepting, for the entering of the Holy Spirit. The scripture tells us there because they were only baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. I've done uh, uh, some reading, but, but this is my thoughts. Is that the apostles who were the ones given the charge by Jesus Christ to evangelize, I think that this was a confirmation of a true faith in these people. They wanted to be sure of what these people believed. You see what I'm saying? Which is something that a, that a preacher will do before they baptize somebody. You know, I mean, it's not that we have to set them down with a big spotlight on them and torture them to get the truth. We just simply want to hear that profession of faith that it, as best we can tell, is real. Okay? And so this also brings to light, even in this certain situation, that apparently some, or at least one, wasn't real. Because as the Holy Spirit entered them, and it must have been obvious that the Holy Spirit had entered them, Simon reveals his true character. And his true character is, is what can I make off of this? Because that's why he was doing what he was doing to begin with. And it seems when you read these verses that, that, that he was very interested in the wonders and the miracles that they performed. But there was something about this laying on of hands and being able to receive the Holy Spirit that really intrigued him. And he wanted to buy his way into it, in which he was, he was, uh, Peter was, was char charged him with his, with his sin. And, 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 you know, Philip seems to accept that what he done was wrong. But yet we still see no signs of repentance. Peter said, repent. Repent and, and, and possibly, you know, God will forgive you. And, and, and what does Simon say? Pray for me. Hey, look, nothing wrong with asking somebody to pray for you. But ain't, nobody can repent for you. And it seems that Simon was not willing to do this. And this takes us to another point too, is that these people gave heed to Simon. And these people gave heed to Philip. In the end, they gave greater heed to Philip and his message of the cross that they probably knew something about beforehand because one thing the Samaritans were looking for was the Messiah. We see that again with the woman at the well because when she went away, she says, I have surely met the Messiah. 
The Messiah has come. So, so they had, they had information and knowledge about a Messiah to come. And so they gladly accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ, except for, at least except for Simon, who by all accounts just wanted material gain. Which brings us to the point of discernment. And that, and, and, and I don't think I'm, I, I guess I'll say I'm preaching to the choir here, but this is a time, and, and probably if you, get, if you get right down to it for the past 20 years, it's been a time where discernment is necessary. A lot of mixture of God's word sprinkled in there amongst it a small lie is still a whole lie and it will lead us astray and there's plenty of that to go around out there and, and, and I know Brother Vance has done this too and I know those of you had heard before Brother Vance was here and you'll continually hear me say it I I, I challenge you don't take what I say for truth make sure for yourself that it is okay I promise you as desperately of a sinner is what I am as despicable as I am if there's one thing I pray, I never do. I pray I never tell you something wrong. This is serious. This is serious. God's word is serious in nature. It, 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 it's joyful in nature, but it's serious. Lives hang in the balance. The last thing I want to do is lead you astray. And if you feel that I have said something inappropriately, I would want you to tell me, hey, don't fall for this belief too that the preacher knows more than you do. I mean, I'm not saying he don't, but he doesn't have to. There's not a one of us in here that can't know just as much about this word as the other. And it's on each one of us to be responsible for ourselves. So take, take great heed in who it is you listen to. I don't want to say follow, but I do think that there's men worthy of following, but we're following them because they lead us closer to Christ. Men and women. I mean, that's what we should want. Man, I seen a young man post something the other day about the kind of woman he wanted. And I'm telling you, I admire that. Thank you. You, you can't make a better decision. 
The woman you marry is of the utmost importance. The man you marry is of the utmost importance. Be sure. Be very sure you're equally yoked. It matters. It matters. When, 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 I, was, when I was a young man, and I wasn't even, I would just barely had gotten back into church. And, and I'm chasing a rabbit here real quick. But, but, but man, I started thinking, wow, what a novel idea that me, a Christian, should pray about who I married. Man, I'm talking about somebody that was probably 24 years old. I knew, this is the oddity in it, I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted a Christian, godly woman to be my wife. But I never prayed for her. <laughs> you know, mostly the reason why I didn't pray for her is because I didn't go to church. God opened my eyes. Not going to go into detail. We don't have that long, but God opened my eyes to it, and I praise God that He did. I mean, He did Angie a favor too. Don't get me wrong, but just saying. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, man. You know my. You know what my dad said. If you ever learn to keep your mouth shut, son, so you, you'll be all right. And I never have learned. That's truth right there. Um, you know, the sad part here is, is we also see in Simon a guy that just as Stephen preached to the Pharisees, you continually resist the Holy Spirit. And I believe Simon was convicted. I believe he truly believed the truth but he never truly repented. He believed the truth, but all he ever wanted from it was his own gain. And it's just sad. It's just sad when you read that. Now, now make no mistake. In the case of Simon, we don't know that he didn't ever come to a saving faith in Christ. I mean, it's not on us to, to really concern ourselves a whole lot with but. But I know I've done enough reading that from what we can see from history is that um, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems that he probably went further and further away, which is even more sad. But, but the bottom line, again, is he never had an interest in Christ only in himself. Uh, I, I look at 1 John 2.19 and it says... They went out from, uh, from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt continue with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest or known that they were not all of us. You know, the wolf is going to show himself eventually. Probably Simon sooner than a lot of others. But, but another thing I want to take note of here is I don't think by any means Philip was wrong in baptizing Simon. By all accounts, and all he could know, I believe that he did due diligence. And I praise God, you know, 
for this special moment of the laying on of hands that, 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 that brought his actual deeds to light. But the truth of the matter is, is we're going to baptize people that never truly believed. And, and you know, it's on me and you for that discernment. I think we're going to baptize people that we may at some point in time think maybe they didn't believe truly. And then you'll see them return. And, and I mean, I, I was, I, I would have to argue, I was one of those people that, uh, that by all accounts, you could have argued whether I knew Jesus Christ or not. And I'd say you'd have the better argument that said I didn't. You know, as we uh, continue here, we see Philip called away from a, an apparent successful ministry in Samaria to just pack up and go down a road to the desert. That's not something you really see in our world is it somebody leave a successful ministry to go to something they had no idea usually we see preachers moving on to bigger and better I think some not to a fault I think some to a fault you have to wonder to a certain extent why that is I, I, I believe and, and I'm not calling anybody out specifically but you know I, I, I got a I got a Methodist uncle that, that I, I, this, this man is one of the godliest men I know. Love him to death. He's married to my mom's sister, and I love him more than I do my mom's sister. I mean, I really do. He's just a great guy. Just a great, godly man. That we don't share all belief with, but I do truly believe he is a born-again believer. But I remember 20, 25 years ago him telling me that. He said, you ever notice a Baptist preacher never leaves for a worse job? He always leaves for a better one. <laughs> of course, he was kind of digging at me. But, I mean, he was, you know, he was also giving me a, a, a definitely a partial truth for sure. I mean, when I say partial, there was truth. It happens. We see that. You know, me and, me and Vance have talked about this a lot, and, and I think we both believe that, that the... Bivocational ministry is probably better because you're not really you're, you're you're not really depending on the church. You, you're you're even like I mean you're just like Paul. You know Paul was was a tent mate. I mean he was definitely by all accounts all all the apostles were bivocational. And I'm not arguing with the fact about having full time pastors. I understand. I certainly understand the argument of how they can serve in that capacity, but I do believe that's where our idea that the pastor is the one that should be the, 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 the person evangelizing and that we're just to come to listen to him. I, I, I feel that that's where that has come from. 
We hired you almost. That's what we feel like. We hired you to do this. You know, and I always said that about this church here. And I told Vance that coming in. I said, Vance, this church will not demand all your time. They, 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 they will, they will expect you to study and bring a word to them. And they won't expect you to come see them over every hangnail. And y'all can laugh about that if you want to, but there's just some truth in that. They don't, I mean, this church, I'm telling you, this church, the people don't need you to coddle them. And that's a good thing. The preacher, as we looked at in Acts, should not be waiting tables above studying the Word of God. And so I'm thankful for this church, and I'm thankful that the expectations are more towards preaching the truth of the Word of God than they are anything else. But at the time he was called away, he had no idea what he's being called to other than God's will. Kind of reminds you of Abraham being called out and not having any idea where he's going. Uh, but it's definitely not often we see a pastor leave a successful ministry for a lesser one. But, but this, we do also see some prophecy fulfilled uh, as he witnesses to the Ethiopian. And, 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 you know, what's it tell us? First of all, let me, before I go back to Psalm, it says, uh, I'm in the wrong chapter now. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and then did what? Preached to him Jesus. And be careful with this word preach because it, what do we think of when we think of preaching? This is, we think of this right here. But it's more, this preach here really is more of a proclaiming. He just proclaimed the word of God to him. You know, proclaim, and that's the thing with preaching too, it, it, it indicates speaking with a conviction. I mean, if I stand up here and bring you a word and you don't see much conviction about me, I mean, are you going to even wonder if I believe what I'm saying? But I can have a conviction because I wholeheartedly believe the word of God. The Ethiopian was certainly ready. No doubt the Ethiopian probably had, well, we know he had some sort of some sort of spiritualness to us because he had been to Jerusalem for the for the uh, festival. And and on his way back, he was reading the Bible, not quite understanding everything he was read, and and and, and the Holy Spirit worked a miraculous work here and, and, and put Philip in the right place at the right time. But, but, but let's make no mistake, Philip was willing. Philip was willing to be used. And it kind of reminds you of the, the wedding feast where, you know, you just he, he, he tells them to go out to the highways and the hedges. I mean, he didn't say go to the big cities where you had to go just to the big cities where all the people were. There may be this person out here that I need you to witness to. And that just, you know, what... 
You never know, you'd standing at a gas station filling up and the person next to you might be right for the Word of God. And there's little things, you know, I, I found that you can do in those situations. You know, one thing, smile. <laughs> How you doing today? I'm good, how are you? You know, of course, I usually say better than I deserve by the grace of God. I usually still say by the grace of God because a lot of people just don't get that. But, you know, and it can spark a conversation. Or it might not. But that's okay. I'm just saying, I think we have a responsibility to, to fill out those opportunities too. I think that by the leading of the Holy Spirit, that's exactly what Philip did. He joined himself to this caravan that was headed back to Ethiopia. A man in power. A man in a great position. And we see how the word is starting to spread. And there's not a one of us in here right now that shouldn't thank God for that. Because eventually it spread to the point where we got it. Psalm 6831. I'm not going to lie to y'all about this when I cheated. This was in a commentary I read, but it was good. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. And y'all tell me God's word isn't amazing. I'm telling you, as impressed as those people were with the wonders of the miracles they seen from Philip and the others, we should be impressed with the miracle that it is that God would see fit to make sure his word got to We should thank God for those that died bringing God's word to places that didn't want to hear it. There's amazing stories out there of martyrs that, that took the word to places where they were killed and then that same place ends up, you know, being evangelized. You know, one of the greatest stories we see in the Bible is a man that martyred people that became one of the greatest evangelists of all time and, and, and that that certainly was sorrowful over what happened with Stephen. Yet at the same time, it's probably, you know, the, the Holy Spirit working on him right then and there. I think we can speculate for you. But let's pray. Father, we just thank you again today for the work of your Holy Spirit. Throughout these passages, God leads us the great work of the Holy Spirit. And God, we recognize that work resides in us as well. That, that, that Holy Spirit's there. Um, God, that word, when we receive our power to proclaim your word. God, that's where we receive our power to understand your word. That's where we receive the power to do all things. God, we just thank you for 
Thank you for listening to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationships, and grow in Jesus Christ. Subscribe so you don't miss a single sermon, and come and grow with us.